0: All right. Well, last week, I said over the next couple of days, we're going to learn two things. And that we are sinners and we are in need of a Savior. We're going to carry on with that today. Let's just start off with a, a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this special day, Father, what it represents. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive the word today, Father. Take myself out of the way, Father, and let us see your true message. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Let's start off with some some Bible verse to, to get us to get us into the, the the mood for today, and we're going to be in John twelve forty four through fifty. Jesus cried and said, "He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that was sent me, and that he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. I have come a light unto a world." that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believeth not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and rejecteth not my words have one that judges him. And the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in his last day. For I have spoken of myself, But my Father, which has sent me, has given me the commandment of what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment of life is everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father say unto me, so I speak. Now, it's always a challenge. Year after year. We have the parameters that were given for these different days and events that uh, come to it with a fresh take on it. Because we've heard the same things over and over, year after year. But fortunately for us, the Word of God is living, it's alive, it's ever changing and adapting to us, it's changing us. It is who we are. And for every time that we read a verse over and over, there's something new to come out of it. There's another lesson. There's another piece of the puzzle coming together. And that just shows you the power of God, the power of his word and his wisdom, him being all-knowing. So many times we look back We look back we look in reverse but you know the word of god is not just then and done the word of god is now so we're not going to look backwards we're going to look how it's affecting us today it's it's amazing how we look and we see that it's more than just a series of events It's a lesson, and everything that God decided to include in his word in our personal letter to us has purpose, has meaning, it has vision, it has a picture, it has information. It's there for us to learn, not only to learn about him, but also to learn about us. Who we are as individuals, who we are in the family of God, and how to be more like His image. Jesus started His ministry, and He was different. He didn't abide by what man had manipulated what we call religion today. See, man, the Pharisees, the chief priests, they began to put their own take on things, their own spin. They began to mold it to what was beneficial to them, how they could receive power how they could receive respect, how there was a need for them and people had to rely on them. But Jesus came along and he mixed up that whole idea because he told him there's only one way and that was through him. That our Father in heaven is the only way true leader is the only one that we need and he challenged everything that spoke differently from that does that sound like anything today we look back at history and men gather together And they come up with things. They form a country. They form a constitution. They form a bill of rights. And these things are designed to be beneficial. To help the people. And in the beginning they are modeled after God's examples see we can't rely on ourselves to follow the rules all the time we're constantly looking for someone or something to tell us what to do god had to send the law he had to send the commandments because going back to a few episodes ago we're talking about who are we following We're always looking for someone to follow. And so many times, it's not the right person. We were just talking this morning about Pharaoh and everything that his people had to go through through the plagues. And that seemed a little unfair. We have to remember, who were they following? They were following Pharaoh. And the ones that were following God, that followed what God told them to do, they were unaffected by the plague. We're getting a little off topic, but sometimes that just happens. So we get back. To these people. And it comes down to what's more important to them. These Pharisees, these chief priests, they had access to the scrolls, to the written word. And they chose to ignore it. They chose to ignore the prophecies. They chose to ignore all of these things that spoke of the Lord because it was more important to be strong in the eyes of man. It was more important to gain wealth and power. And for time restraints, we're going to have to summarize and, and go through because we can't cover every word of Scripture today. So we're going to paraphrase and go through it, but they uh, they were annoyed with this man called Jesus because he threatened everything they had built up, and every time they tried to catch him up, they tried to trip him up, they tried to back him in a corner, they were unsuccessful. Because he was righteous. He was armed with the word of God. And the word of God always prevails. It is always successful. It is always the right answer. So every time they thought they could trick him. They could corner him in. They could trip him up. He always had the right answer. Because it came from where? The word of God. They couldn't beat him on a level playing field. And what do we do today? When we have someone that we don't like because their values, their belief systems, or what they're doing is different than ours, we try to tear them down. We try to cancel them. We try to take them out. And the thing is... When you're following the word of God, when you're following God's values, you can't be beaten. The world can't overtake God. Satan has already been defeated. And that's where the power from the world comes from. It's from Satan. He's the only thing here that's driving all this darkness. And he's already been defeated. Already been defeated. So they couldn't beat him honestly. They couldn't trip him up. So they had to to plot and deploy And we like to think about how good we are as people. We like to think about how good the people we look up to, the ones we follow, the celebrities, the politicians, our leaders. We like to think about how great they are, the good things they do. And we never think about there could be evil things afoot. Because we don't like to concentrate on that. We like to push that from our minds because... We want to ignore the truth. But these very leaders were sitting around and they plotted to kill Jesus. The man that knowed no sin, the man that done nothing wrong, the man that only stood up for God, but their desires, their wants, their evil, sin-ridden wants overtook everything. And it was easier to take the life of this man than it was to change. We talk about change all the time. We talk about how hard it is. It was easier to take the life of this man than it was to change. The faith, the truth, Not because the truth was bad. Not because the change was bad. It's because it didn't fit the want. They brought Jesus to these people in power. Because you know that. We might want something to go a certain way, but we don't want to get our our hands dirty. We don't want to be the cause of it. We're okay if something happens and it works in our favor as long as we can have some way or another to feel good about it. We were talking yesterday about about church attendance. And it's it's so easy because it's one of these things that we feel obligated to do, but if we could just get some kind of excuse to not have to do it. And then as we, we get away from it, it gets easier and easier and easier to do. Just pretty soon it doesn't bother us at all. And that's what this past year has done. There's been so many churches that's been shut down. And we had that Excuse. And as the one stayed open or as they started to open back up, we still keep that, well, maybe it's just better if I do this. Maybe it's just better if I do that. Maybe if I can just ignore what God wants, I can use this and I can just keep doing what I want. Because we can justify anything in our minds. And that's what these people did. They sat around and and justified it. I'm sure they talked about how good of a job they were doing, how they were really taking care of the people. You know, because we start to bring forward all the things that we think sound good. And we've talked about that from here. That's That's Satan's whole plan is to make things sound good. Because if we make things sound good enough, pretty soon we start to believe it and we accept it and we go for it. And that's... Satan's tactics, that's how the world works, make things sound good. And I'm sure in their minds, they talked about it, they made everything sound good. Judas, when he was offered that money, I'm sure that sounded good. Because we all could use a little extra money. Even today, they talk about sending us some money. And it sounds good because we all could use a little bit of extra. But at what cost? At what cost? we don't want to think about that. And Judas, he was sure, he was just thinking about, well, yeah, I could use this. And it's just giving a little bit of information. No big deal. Just walk up and place a kiss on the forehead. But we see the ramification of that. That there was such a guilt. There was such a a pain that he took his life. Because things are not always as good as they sound. He brought Jesus up before the the leaders. And they asked the question, what has this man done? And they couldn't find anything. So what do they have to do? They had to have people to come up and bear false witness. Because that's what we do. If we can't have a truth that works, we change it. We make up something we mold the narrative to make it fit our story. Nothing's changed today. Nothing has changed today. People are still doing it. Every day we see it. We see it in the news. We see it in the world. If we don't like the truth, we make up a new one. And we had this This leader, Pilate, he had the opportunity. He could have righted a wrong. But he didn't. He wanted to wash his hands of it. Matthew 27. Now at the feast of the governor was want to release the people a prisoner, of whom they would. And when they called a notable prisoner, they called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered to Pilate, said unto them, Who will I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew for envy which they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife said unto him, saying, How thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, "Wherever of thy twain that I will release unto you, they said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? And they cried out more, saying, Let him be crucified. But when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands. Before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it. Then he answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and our children. Then released he unto them. And we had scourged Jesus and delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered him a whole band of soldiers. They stripped him, they put on a scarlet robe, and when he had planted a shroud of thorns, they had put on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed and kneeled before and mocked, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him, and they took the reed, and they smote him on the head, and after they had mocked him and took the robe from him and put on his own raiment from him, they led him away to crucify him. The leader warned and did nothing. He didn't want to be the hero. He didn't want to be the sinister. He walked away. How many times do we simply fail to act? But you see, he thought that he was being neutral. But time and time again, we cannot simply be neutral because that is making a choice. He allowed what happened to transpire. He could have stopped it and did nothing. And the people. Now last week, I made a point. I wanted to to show that these were the people that had seen Jesus perform the miracle. Brought Lazarus out of the grave. And because of this, these masses were there because they had seen his power. The ultimate power to raise the dead. And they were there and they were praising him. But what happened? These few, they sent out some in the crowd. I'm sure that a, a few coins changed hands. and It's like, here, I want you to do this for me. Take this money, go out there and start saying crucify Jesus. And then the, the mob mentality takes place. And they, they ask, Pilate asked What has this man done? He's standing there before him. what has this man done? And the crowd answers not. They just keep saying, Crucify, crucify him, crucify him. Because there was nothing he did wrong. But the truth didn't matter. And so many times. We get down on someone and we start saying they're bad, they're bad, they're bad, they're bad, they're bad. And there's nothing to back up these claims. All because it's what the group says. And this is exactly what happened. Because Jesus didn't come to take care of their needs right then. Because Jesus was worried about the world. Jesus was worried about all of us. Jesus wasn't worried about their kingdom right then. He wasn't coming to get up on the throne to overthrow their evil leaders. He was to overthrow Satan, overthrow the world to save all of us. He had that big picture. And because they didn't get exactly what they wanted, they didn't see the results right then. They didn't see the big picture because they wanted to be part of the crowd They yelled out, crucify him. This man, our savior, was their entertainment. Was what connected them together for a few moments so they could belong. So they could be part of the world. So they could be part of man. All the while, our savior, our king, was mocked was beaten, was made fun of. But it's no different because we still do it today. You know, and as I was, was studying up on this, and I'm, I'm reading through these scriptures, and we see this thing about Barabbas. Why is it? Why did he go free? why did god make it a point to tell us about barabbas i mean here it is he was a a criminal he was not a good guy he was there for a reason he was the one that deserved to be up on that cross he deserved to be on that cross would anybody argue with me on that point he was a criminal he was fixing to face the punishment for his crimes He did nothing to help humanity. He did nothing to help the world. He was not a follower of God based on his actions. He was a bad guy. He was the one that was supposed to go up on that cross that day. But why did God make it a point to show that he was released? That Jesus took his place? And it's real simple. Because... Barabbas is me. Barabbas is you. Barabbas is all of us. Because we were in that position. We were the ones that had committed the crimes. We were the ones that committed the sins. Because we are all sinners. We are Barabbas. And what Jesus did... He took our place. He took us from that pot. He took us from that. And he took our place. We are Barabbas. Not for the kingdom that was established there, but for the kingdom of heaven. For all of us. For everyone that was standing there today. For the soldiers that mocked him. For the people in the crowd that were yelling crucify him. For all of us that sins against God in our own way each and every day. All of us. Jesus took our place. We can stand here and we can think about All the things that we do, all the things that we try to accomplish, how we are trying to earn points for heaven, how we are trying to make our way there. But the fact is, there is nothing we can do because we are Barabbas. Jesus gave us our pardon. Not because of anything that we did. Not because of anything we can do. Not because of anything we are going to do. We can never measure up. We are sinners then. We are sinners now. And there's only one thing that can save us. And that is our Savior. So many times a day, people like to to say they're spiritual and they like to uh, mix and match and take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and what sounds good here and this quote and that quote and put it all together. But the fact is, there is only one living God and everyone else the buddha the confucius the the scientology even every catholic pope they all are in the same place in the ground but jesus our savior he is risen he couldn't be bound by the world, he couldn't be bound by the grave. He cannot be bound by Satan. He has this grand great power and he is given it to all of us. That day when he set us free, when he took our place, he also he ripped down the veil. He opened up the communication between us and God. No more barriers. No more barriers. He made every person obsolete. Because we don't have to have anyone else. We don't need a priest. We don't need a pastor. We don't need a Pharisees. We don't need a Pope. None of these people can save us. None of these people can get us into heaven. None of these people can upgrade our prayers to first class none of these people can make sure it gets there because jesus did all that because of jesus god hears every prayer every word that we utter even in times of pain in times of confusion when the words won't come out god still hears and it's all because of jesus We have salvation, and it's all because of Jesus. We don't have to go to hell, and it's all because of Jesus. We are forgiven, and it's all because of Jesus. All he does is love us. All he does is love us. And what do we do in return? We crucify him. We did it then and we continue to do it now. Every time that we choose sin. Every time that we choose the masses. We're saying it all over again. We're saying crucify him. We pick leaders that go against God. That go against what the word of God says. We're saying crucify him. When we are picking to be in the world. And forsake God. We are saying crucify him. We are choosing to sin. We are choosing to do it over and over again. We are saying crucify him. We are ignoring his word. We fail to read it. We fail to understand it. We fail to get into it. We fail to study it. We are saying crucify him. When we fail to pray, fail to talk to him, we are saying crucify him. But he still loves us despite everything that we do. And all he wants to do is have us turn around. John the Baptist led the way and he said, repent. It is time to repent. We're living in a world of turmoil. Every generation, every day, it gets a little worse. There is still time, as long as we have Air in our lungs. As long as we wake up to another day, there is still time. I believe that every day we have, there's reason for it because God knows there are still souls to be saved. There are still people that need to find Jesus. And we need to lead the way, we need to be that beacon of light. To shine through the darkness. To show them where to go. We need to be the example. And the only way to do that is to stand up. To stop going with the crowd. Wouldn't it have been something... If Peter would have had the courage to to stand up that day, would have been something if someone in the crowd, just one person, just one person would have stood up and said, Free Jesus. What it shows, it's an example. It is an example. It is showing that all of us are weak. All of us are weak. Not one person in the crowd. Not one person in the crowd. But can we be? Can we be? Can we be that one person? Can we be that strong? God has given us the power. He laid down his life to give us that power. To allow us to make that choice. But what's stronger? Your love of God? Or your love of the world? You can't stay neutral. Can't stay neutral. You can't wash your hands of it. You can't do like Pilate did. You can't wash your hands of it. Because that is still making a choice. We have one option. One God given option and that is to stand up and stand strong and trust stand strong be that lone voice in the crowd when everyone else is in the mob when everyone else is shouting crucify him be the one voice that says no that says this is wrong And you know about that one voice? You know, there's another story a while back where there was just a few voices. And God amplified them voices to make it sound like there was a whole army coming. And when God amplifies your voice, it sends the enemy running. And it all comes down to faith. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is going to amplify Your voice. Do you believe that this is a battle worth fighting? We have to pick up our sword. We have to put on our armor. The time is now. We should have been training all along, but now it's too late. It's time to go to work and time to go to battle. Are you ready? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Father, to get to your word today, Father. We thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus made. We thank you not only for allowing him to bridge that gap, to allow us a place in heaven, Father, to allow us salvation, to forgive us, Father. We also thank you for the, the example, the knowledge, the wisdom, every little piece that's packed into your word, Father. Father, today I ask for strength for each and every individual that hears the word today, Father, that for strength to be able to stand up, to be that lone voice, to stand up for what is right, what is righteous, and what is of you, Father. Father, we know that there are many people that are missing something in their lives. We ask that they can find that missing piece that is Jesus. Find a place, Father, they can gather and be apart. part. That the churches will once again be full. That the fire for you, Father, will once again burn. That we can have change and a turnaround. That things can begin to heal and be different. That people can see, Father, that you are the way and the only way. We thank you for this and ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 383.